You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, and I'm joined by Kelly and Daniel. Today, we are talking about a practice that is crucial to having a healthy youth ministry, and that is asking great questions. So let's get into our car rides worth of content. Hi, guys. Hey, Allie. How are you? Doing well. How are you? We are so good. Great. I want to know, you know I always ask you this, what are you loving? Well, I have this frame that we bought my mom for her birthday this year my brothers and i went in on it and it's a frame where you can email your pictures and it updates them it's an electronic frame so i live far away because my family's in idaho Um, but even for my brothers that are closer by they can just update it with new pictures all the time of their kids and what their kids are doing my brother that lives in egypt can send his pictures and my mom just gets them at home all the time it's a great, cool frame. It's a good gift. Yeah, it's so sweet. Good yeah, gift. That's good. What are you loving, yeah. Allie? I'm loving the weather right now. Ugh, mm. I just love when it's warm and nice out and like you can walk outside, just slip on some flip flops and you walk out. You No jackets. Why are jackets so aggravating? I don't know. No, but they are. No, I love it. I love the weather. Right do you now. like thunderstorms? I do. I love those thunderstorms. Well, I am loving flip flops. Oh, I'm going to go with, yeah. your, with, with you. I'm loving flip flops. Oh. I love flip flop weather. And I just, they're just so easy to wear. I know. Wear them every day. So comfy too. (laughs) What a girl thing. Do you love flip-flops, Daniel? I don't love (laughs) flip-flops. You don't? No. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't have anything against them. I just don't wear flip-flops that often. Hmm. But I support your flip-flop wearing. Thanks. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for that. Now, I know you guys both know this about me, but I love, I love to talk. I love to talk. I love to get mm-hmm. to know people too, mm-hmm. and I love to talk to them. And it all requires asking them questions. Yeah. I mean, people love to talk about themselves. So if you ask them a question about themselves, yeah. it's going to go well for you. Definitely. And I like to know about people, mm-hmm. you know, little nosy, people's but stories. mostly just caring, comes from a caring place, right? <laughs> nosy <laughs> slash that. caring. Yeah. And look, look what I get to do right now. I get to yeah, sit here and ask great. you guys questions. So it's perfect for me, right? Fabulous. But in all serious, when it comes to leading a small group, asking great questions is such an important skill to practice, and it's essential mm-hmm. to having a healthy ministry. I know we have gotten to see the fruit of this practice and even experience it in our own small groups and with each other, but it isn't always easy to do when you're sitting in a group of teenagers. Sure. No, right. There is definitely a temptation to want to lecture Um, and dole out wisdom and knowledge and advice. And that's the first place I go as a mom and I was a teacher too. And and so um, we do have leaders that we struggle with on this that want to lecture. And um, sometimes lecturing and and talking a lot as the leader is a way that you curb disruption too. Um, But it's a bad way to curb disruption Mm -hmm. um, because they just, the teens, you just need to become a master at asking great questions because that helps your conversation go so well. And your questions will have so much more an impact than any lecture you give. I mean, these kids are lectured all day, every day. Yeah. When they come here, we want them to be able to talk and share. And so I am just now learning this skill because I like to talk to, and I like to give advice and Um, that's sort of my MO. And so, but I have two teenage sons they are 16 and 14 and 
they certainly aren't listening to any advice that I want to give anymore. And, and most of the time they interrupt saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know, mom. I know. So but you're so wise, Kelly. <laughs> oh, thank you, Daniel. I know. I don't know why they wouldn't want to hear my advice. But, um, so I read this book, um, it was actually a book of, it was related to education and, um, and kids like boys that might be struggling at school, but they're really, really smart. The book was called, um, bright minds, poor grades. And, and in the book, it leads, it leads you to this method of talking to a teenager, talking them through, uh, whatever their issue is. And, and for the purposes of the book, it was about school and, and how they're doing in school. And it was just asking questions. You don't like a whole conversation with your teenager is just asking questions. And so I tried it with, um, we were just having trouble with screen time, which probably every parent is having trouble with. And I sat down with my kids and my husband and I told my husband, like, I'm going to lead this cause I'm only asking questions and I don't, I don't, there's no advice being given. We accept all answers. And so that's what we did. We sat down with them and we just said, the first question was, what are some things that you value? And they said like, well, I value family and I value my dogs and I value my education and I value time with, you know, my brother. And so, which was just a great answer. It's exactly the answer I wanted because if I looked at you and I said, if someone that didn't know you looked at your life and what you did for most of your day after school, what do you, what do you think? they would think you valued on and on and on. It was just all questions. Well, they would think I'd valued video games. Yes. But you just told me all these other things that you value. So how do you want to change? Anyway, all questions, all questions, all questions. And it was just a great conversation. And, um, it led to exactly where I wanted it to go, (laughs) um, without giving any advice. It led them to, to be answering the question, who do you want to be? And how do you want to be without me telling them who I want them to be or how I want them to be? So that is why questions are so, so very important. I, I loved that question. You asked if somebody looked at your life. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we could all ask ourselves that question. I could like, yeah, Yeah. what if somebody was a fly on the wall and saw what you did in a day, what would they think you value? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a similar question. Like if aliens came to the earth, what would they think of humans? Well, you know, and there's a variety of, of weird answers Mm -hmm. to that question, but similar to that. So Um, in a small group setting, what makes questions so important? Well, um, go ahead, Daniel. Well, I think questions, like we said, the the lecture is impersonal. So we do give a message, um, but it really gets personal when you begin from a place of asking questions. So we like to say that we learn in rows, but we grow in circles. Mm -hmm. So that's why we sit in circles in our small group. So we ask questions that are posed to the individual teen and are tailored to his or her needs. We give these small group questions to all of our leaders, but we don't want them to just be asking the the questions right as as they are off the page. Um, We want it to be kind of an active process. So um, even if the group, you know, not every member is going to speak the whole time, but even if they aren't the one that's answering, they're thinking about it. Whereas a lecture or a message is generally passive. You're just receiving during that time. And like Kelly said, they're lectured all the time at school, at home, at church. So we want to be a little bit different in how we spend our time together in student ministry and youth ministry and value um, what they have to say in a way that really no one else does. That's where we can win against um, all the other options that they have out there to be entertained and engaged Um, we are not going to win 
in terms of production or anything, even though we want to do that well, but we can win with the personal approach. So good questions really allows you to get to know your teens. Um, They're essential to speaking truth into their lives, um, but they have to trust you first and questions, you know, build that trust over time. Like Kelly was describing with her sons. Yeah, absolutely. But like Kelly and I said, we like to talk, right? And I think sometimes automatically asking questions isn't natural. Like you even said, talking to your sons, you had to intentionally be like, I'm going to respond only with questions. Only with questions. So how do you do it? How do you train your leaders to just respond with questions? Boneheaded and you're like, well, that was stupid. Right. (laughs) But you have to get them to Mm -hmm. realize it was stupid. Mm -hmm. Is that the way you want to talk to your mother? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So there are some ways that you can begin to practice asking good questions. I feel like if you're like a counselor or a therapist, you know how to do this really, Mm -hmm, really well. Um, But we don't have any small group leaders that are counselors or therapists. So we have to train ourselves to do this. And so here's a, here is a couple of ways on training yourself to, um, ask great questions. First of all is just being prepared again, being prepared with, um, the discussion questions or whatever curriculum you're using, always know the bottom line, know where you're going, know where the discussion is going. What point do you want them to, what do you want them to know when they leave that night? What do you want them to get? What do you want them to do that week? That's where the discussion needs to go. Anything that leads to that is fair game in in the questions. So we prepare our leaders with discussion questions and we ask them to look at them ahead of time. Not everybody does, um, but we do have a lot of leaders that spend a lot of time preparing ahead of time for that discussion. And they may never read a question that we give them, but they know exactly what they're doing. They might might just be um, phrasing them differently. We write our questions in a funnel, and so we start out very um, general with a, a common question, something that every kid in the group can answer. So if, if we're doing a, a series on stress or anxiety, we would say, what causes you anxiety? Like mm-hmm. every single person can answer that question. And then the funnel gets a little bit smaller. We say, well, what does God say about anxiety? And then what are we going to do about anxiety when we leave here tonight? So the questions are written in a way that lead to the bottom line. Uh, number three, a third way to ask great questions is just, it's, it's not really a question answer format. It's not like a ask the question, somebody raises their hand and answers. It, it can be just, you want it to be more of a conversation where you're asking questions and then the conversation flows from your questions. The next thing you can do is reword questions. Never read them verbatim off the paper. It just makes it feel like you're the teacher and and they're answering the question. And so just make the questions yours so it sounds more like a natural conversation. Uh, again, along those same lines, be able to ask the same question in a different way. And that takes preparation too. So if you ask a question and no one answers, you need to be able to ask it in a different way. Um, and And maybe you know that you have to ask it in a different way because everybody's silent. Be okay with silence. This is a tough, Mm. tough one, I think, for a lot of leaders. They just want to fill the silence with their own voice because silence is awkward. Um, Be okay with silence. Sit there and just be okay with looking around at everybody and waiting for someone to answer. It's a tough one. You can always re-ask the question too. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think what most leaders tend to do, most of us, anybody, is to answer the question. Yeah. In that silence. Yes. And again, along those same lines, try to be okay with the silence. But then even if someone answers, you never just accept the first answer. I mean, you accept it. Yes. Thank you. 
what is, what does everybody else think? Does everybody agree with that? Is there anyone that disagrees with that? Never accept the first answer. Get more people involved in answering the question that you asked. Um, affirm responses so that kids are, teens are comfortable answering the questions, whether they're right or wrong. I mean, you want to be slow to correct an incorrect answer. You want to say, well, that's a good idea. Does anyone else have an idea? And just keep the conversation going. Um, so affirm responses. The next thing you can do to ask great questions is to challenge some of the easy answers. You know, there's going to be answers that you expect. Challenge that. Make them go deeper. I, I subbed in for a group of um, eighth grade girls, and I could tell that their leader just didn't ever challenge them. They weren't going deep about anything. They were staying on the surface. And finally, towards the end of group, I just was like, this is, this is just not going to work for me. Like, I like to go deep. And so I began to challenge them, and they were really angry about it. They were like, well, we feel like you're judging us. Just the questions I was mm. asking felt that I was judging them. And then um, they, their guard kind of came down, and we went deep. And those girls became um, regular attenders who were sharing more and more. The, Sorry, Miss Kelly. That was one of those girls. <laughs> there was one girl that's real chatty um, all of a sudden. And she's always saying, Sorry, Miss Kelly. Saying, You've got to stop being so chatty. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is to speak 20% of the time and listen 80% of the time. <sighs> this is tough. That's a tough one. That's a tough one, too. Um, it's really tough. And we, we speak that to our leaders. It's kind of a rally cry that we have. We're always saying, how much are you speaking? How much are you listening? What's your percentage? And leaders are really honest. They're like, well, I think I'm at 50, 50 right now. Okay. That's not bad. Let's keep moving towards 80, 20, listen 80% of the time, speak 20% of the time. Um, finally, just another couple of tips to having a great conversation is to be flexible. Um, we said this in a previous podcast, some rabbit holes are worth going down. It depends on what it's about, but again, you want to be careful what rabbit holes you allow, but some are worth it. If they're deeply personal, if someone's struggling with something, that's a rabbit hole worth going down. And if, uh, if you don't know the answer to a question, Another way to make it a great conversation, just admit that you don't know the answer. Just say, you know what? I don't know. Let's find out and come back to that next week. So those are some ways. Hopefully that's helpful. Those are some ways to ask really good questions. Yeah, that's like step one of the how. And then there's a whole second tier to this whole process, which is once they do, you all right, you got the first question answered. You got out there. It starts some good conversation. Keep that conversation going. And that's all with the follow-up questions and that's the getting deeper and going into that so what does it take to do that yeah so we have um some great small group leaders and really i think what separates the great ones from the really good ones is that they're excellent at asking follow-up questions so they don't accept you know the easy one-word answers or only an answer from one person when there's a good question that's asked so they ask things like what do you mean by that well, what do you think that means? Say more about that. Give me an example of that. Okay, great. Who else can add to that? Does everyone agree with that? Um, so it just continues to build and get them thinking and um, it gives permission for everybody, you know, if they don't agree with it. It can feel sometimes like if you didn't agree with the first thing that was said, you're not going to say anything, but it gives them permission to speak. And I'll just share um, kind of a win to close us out. We have a small group leader named Tina and she's um, part of our, our team. So we meet with her every week and she gets to share about her small group. She had eighth grade girls this year 
and they were talking, it was during the, the sex and dating series that we did for the year. And one of the girls was asking, um, you know, about premarital sex. And she just said something to the effect of what, what do you do if you really love the person and you're, say you're engaged, you're going to be married anyway. I mean, don't you think that God would be okay with premarital sex in that occasion? And Tina could have said, well, the church teaches that that's not okay, um, which is probably what I would have done. But Tina is a great small group leader. Mm -hmm. And she instead said, well, what do you think the church teaches? And, you know, I don't know what the girl said exactly, but I bet Tina asked another follow-up question, something like, and why do you think that is? So it's kind of moving them along to coming to that conclusion themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, we get some tough questions as small group leaders yep. working with teens. It's hard. It's a, it's a big job, but asking these great questions and leading your conversation deeper and in the right direction where they're talking 80% of the time and you're just there listening. It's awesome stuff. That's how we get there. That's how we get to them and that's how they grow their faith. So thank you so much for joining us today on Uprising. We love you all very much. Join us next time and we will be talking about how to manage and engage small groups, especially those teen boys. See you next time.